Hello, welcome, and thanks for checking in today to No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. I'm an Airbnb ambassador and 17-time super host, and I've hosted over 1,000 reservations. I'm a stay-at-home mom of two and manage my eight listings remotely. My mission is to help new and experienced vacation rental hosts turn their listings into fully booked, profitable properties that can be managed from anywhere, so you too can have no vacancies. If that sounds good to you, let's get right into the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. Today, I have on Brent Phillips from Milk and Honey Ranch. If you guys don't follow them already on Instagram, please go give Milk and Honey Ranch a follow. It's a really fun account to follow as an Airbnb host and just seeing them take advantage of unique stays. The portfolio is so much fun to look at and just all the content coming out of your guys's property. I love it. It's very inspiring. Brent, I want to turn it to you to introduce yourself and kind of tell the story of how Milk and Honey Ranch came to be. Yes, uh, it's it's actually the whole thing is almost by by accident. But I've always been in technology and know nothing about farming or ranching, <laughs> anything like that. I didn't even camp, uh, so this was a, a you know a real stretch for us. But uh, a few things led to it. Obviously, COVID which, you know, caused life change for many people. I've always been corporate, always been in an office. And so I was spending a lot of time at home and I just, I really enjoyed being at home with my kids and my wife. And I was like, I must be crazy. I'm giving away the best part of my life to sit in an office. I want to spend more time around them. So that was the first thing. Then we had a big freeze in Texas where, you know, people didn't have power, water, you know, we were using... Uh, water out of the pool to flush the toilet, you know, all those fun things. And we had a water pipe break and I realized we are absolutely useless. My family, we don't know how to do anything. When the electricity is out, all my skills are gone. (laughs) I'm a software engineer, so I don't know how to fix a pipe. You know, all of that. I was like, something has to, something has to change. Then we sold our company, my brother and I, which allowed me to get the ranch. And it was just meant to be a weekend experiment. We were going to buy a piece of land and we were going to learn farming on the weekends, but we were going to keep our our normal life. And oh, so you weren't even going to develop on the land. It was just a play a playground for you to learn some life skills. Exactly. So we were going okay. to keep living in Houston and, you know, we were going to be those people that would just go up on the weekend. And I quickly realized that that was going to do no good. If we were going to change, if we were going to learn, we had to be immersed and so. I moved my family out of our a beautiful dream home that had taken us two years to build, and we only lived in it one year before I broke the news to my wife and, and family who were not overjoyed. In fact, there was a there was a riot that went <laughs> on in my household. So we moved to this barn. They were sleeping in hammocks. My wife was sleeping on a blow up mattress. There was no air conditioning. I mean, it was not a it was not a fun time for them. My daughter cried every day. How did you get them on board for this? Were you just like, trust me, Dad knows what's best? Or yeah, my, mean- my, you know, my, my sweet wife. I tried to use Inception. You know, when she was sleeping, I'd be like, "You want to move to the ranch? You want to move to the ranch?" But eventually, I just said, "Look, 
you know, I love you and I really think this is the best thing for the family and, you know, you're my number one person, but if you don't come, you know, we'll probably find someone else. And she said, no, she doesn't want me to find someone else. Now, just teasing, but she came and yeah, it was, it was really hard. My daughter was 13 at the time. So, you know, no friends, uh, none of that. So I'm dealing with all the family dynamics and then I'm dealing with a, a property where the wells don't work. There's no toilet. Uh, you know, all of this stuff. And here we are. Uh, and I'm trying to present the dream to them that this is going to be an amazing place. And they're like, this place sucks. Why Why did you have to live on the ranch full time? You couldn't start like developing or anything while being remote? So it's, it's. I had seen that, that movie, The Biggest Little Farm. I don't know if you've, if you've seen that, but it's no, a documentary of this couple that left to start a farm. And I, I mean, it just, it just looked, so amazing and as hard as it is you don't always want to remove all the 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 tough parts of the story because that's where most of the memories are created and so if i just built everything and then we moved here we would have missed so many beautiful memories and struggles and moments together where we're watching movies on the side of the barn because that's our only tv is a laptop and a and a projector and we're cooking all our meals in a little Bucky's grill, you know, <laughs> that we had bought for $24.99. And uh, you, you, you just don't get those things back. So I didn't want to miss that time. And even though it was, it was hard, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful part of our story. And I'm glad, I'm glad I did it. So what Milk and Honey Ranch has become was never part of the dream. It was, it was never the plan. It was just meant to be for the family and maybe some friends to, to, to visit. And I had enough money from the sale to not have to work again. And I was just going to build this out and, and, you know, we were going to. That was from the sale, sale of the dream home that you guys had built. Uh, And, and our company, Um, my brother and I sold our company. And so, you know, I had enough money to, you know, do all this. I didn't have any stress and worry about finances. And so we built this out and then I've got another technology company uh, called Loop. That's a communication platform. And a lot of my guys are in the Ukraine. So how this actually all started was because of the war in the Ukraine. So we had this, this, this big garage that had a massive attic, like way oversized. I don't even know why we had such a huge attic. All I can think is that God had a plan uh, for this attic. So when the war broke out in the Ukraine, uh, I built that into uh, what's called the hotel now. It's a four-bedroom, two-bathroom place. And this was for my guys to be able to come from the Ukraine who had been, you know, displaced and, and no longer were in their home and all of this stuff. And it was going to be this beautiful story that never happened because they were never allowed out of the country. <laughs> so now I'd spent all this money and it just sat empty. So I was like, let me try Airbnb, which if you had asked me my life goals, Airbnb was never one of them. Short-term <laughs> rentals was never on my chart of this is something that I, that I want to do, you know. I'm a, I'm a software engineer. I've got my masters in information technology. I don't need Airbnb. But anyway, this I put this thing on Airbnb, and we're we're near Roundtop. So Roundtop is this place where people come to buy antiques and everything. I had never heard of Roundtop. I didn't know what Roundtop was, but I listed this property on Airbnb. This was in September two years ago. And some ladies booked it. And I was like, 
I'm not worked. Like, how did these people? It actually booked. <laughs> so, and then more ladies booked it, and then more ladies booked it, and I was like, it's only women that are booking this, <laughs> booking this this place. And so I asked them, I was like, you know, how did you find us, and why are you booking us? And they're like, oh no, Round Top, this festival, everything's booked up. We were surprised to even find a place. And, and so anyway, that's that's how it all got started. And so it was just going to be one one state. That was it. Like I said, I you know I had money, I had all of this for the sale, and this and this and this. Then I bought like a mobile home that was going to be for our housekeeper from Houston. So she was going to move here, and I, I had just paid for it. We had laid the dirt pad, and our previous the sale of the previous company had paid us the majority of our money in stock in their public company. And in a very short time, it lost 90%. 90%. No. And I went from being like, I've got money, like, I'm good, I'm relaxed, I just keep building our dream life to like sheer panic. And I think it's the first time I've ever had a panic attack and then I woke up at 3 o'clock in, in the morning, I don't even know why, and I checked the stock, and I and I, I went from having more than enough money to never work again to like, I'm gonna lose the forum, like literally. And I and I wandered down and and I ended up face down in the dirt at three o'clock in the morning down where this this mobile home was supposed to go. And I th I thought I was gonna die. Like I thought my heart, <laughs> my heart was literally gonna give out. And that was the end of my life. And all I could say, all I could say was, was God, please have mercy on me. Those were the only words that I could, that I could utter out of my mouth. I was so overwhelmed. Anyway, so, so that's where the real story of milk and honey begins. Because now I was extremely motivated to build this, you know, where before I was a little bit flippant about Airbnb, like a was like, Oh my gosh, Airbnb is going to save this it's wrong. <laughs> and so uh, I turned that stay that was meant to be for uh, the housekeeper. Uh, she ended up not coming into a second stay and that booked her. And we were getting these people that were coming that are like, man, this, this is, it's like Christmas every time we get a booking, not only because it's bringing in finances, but like, I really love meeting people. I didn't even know I loved meeting people this much and, and hosting. And, you know, I, I would walk them around the ranch. We didn't have golf courts like we have now. So the early guests, they had to walk. I mean, they'd be sweating by the end of, uh, <laughs> by the, end of the tour. And that's really those two things. You know, I was working three jobs. I was, I was working jobs online. I was, you know, doing whatever I could to make money to keep, keep the ranch going keep the house going so but I wouldn't change it I wouldn't have it any other way it has been short-term rentals Airbnb VLBO you know whatever it is I tell you it has been one of the greatest gifts I've I've ever discovered and I know millions and millions of people do it but I, I, I can't even begin to describe it's like it's like throwing a party for strangers and then these strangers show up and you're like, I love these people. Like, I'm so happy you came to my party. That's how I feel about, about hosting. 
That was, you are such a compelling storyteller. I've been like holding my breath for the last 10 minutes. Thank you for sharing all of that. I, I agree with you. I love hosting too. And that's why I can talk about it week after week after week and not get tired of it. But how I have to ask now, so you were working three jobs. You decided to turn this mobile home, which was supposed to have a housekeeper, decided to turn that into another unit. So there was no housekeeping staff. Were you guys doing all of the turnovers and everything while you had three jobs? Like how how were you balancing all of this while learning the ropes of being a short-term rental host, no yeah. hospitality experience? I have said so many times on this podcast that finding a good, reliable cleaner is the single most important thing you can do to ensure a successful STR business. And if anyone has ever dealt with a bad cleaner, you know I'm right about this. Turno is here to solve that problem for us hosts once and for all. With Turno's Cleaner Marketplace, you can find your dream cleaner and have access to a whole network of backup cleaners in case of emergency. Once you find your trusted cleaner, use the Turno app to manage and automate the entire cleaning process from auto scheduling that gets synced directly to your booking calendar, auto payments, photo checklists, problem reporting, and inventory management. Right now, Turno is offering No Vacancy listeners a $150 Amazon gift card just for trying out Turno's Cleaner Marketplace and completing one clean with them. Just use the link turno.com slash no vacancy to unlock that offer and stop settling for cleaning quality that you're unhappy with. Again, that is turno.com slash no vacancy to find your dream cleaner and snag that bonus $150 Amazon gift card. My, my sweet wife, I mean, she really, you know, it was like, it was like I sold her a lie of timeshare. You know, when I said we're going to move out to the ranch, you're going to build. I was yeah. thinking yeah. like you, you made them uproot and then you lose 90% of your stock shares after. Were they just like, dad, you, you idiot, yeah. come on. So, so I, I made all these promises, which at the time, I mean, they were true. You know, I never imagined that, that we would be in this position. And so she's gone from this, this, you know, this lady of luxury who can, you know, just plan her day to now she's a housekeeper. And uh, <laughs> it's, uh, she wasn't reverse a reverse Cinderella story. <laughs> you know, that's the reverse Cinderella for sure. So she wasn't as excited as, as, as what I was. And, and not only that, we offered food as well, because I was like, we've got to make these guests feel so loved. You know, there's already... 400 other Airbnbs in our area. We're brand new. We've, we've got to, you know, do more than what anybody else is doing. So we're going to cook. My wife doesn't like cooking. Not only do we cook, we've got to make the best food they have ever <laughs> tasted in their life, you know. And so, yeah, she's cooking for guests and she's cleaning and, uh, you know, all of those things. So, yes, we were running it all ourselves. And, and uh, then some friends of ours who, who you've met, Monica and uh, her husband, uh, Hugo, I can't remember if I asked them to come live on the ranch or they asked me to come live on the ranch, but they came to stay here, uh, which was which was so amazing because they have they have been such a huge help uh, on the ranch. And my brother and sister-in-law were living here at the time, so they were helping. We had built a house for a mom, so she was helping. So like everybody's doing something, you know, to pull to pull all of this off. Can I ask about what the funding at this point looks like? Because you built that that converted loft area when you had all of the income from the sale and everything, and then the mobile home as well, right? That all came when you had all the money. And then after things crashed, how were you able to build more structures and 
afford full on full time staff and everything to live on the property? What what kind of was the financial recovery there? Yeah, so so uh, I was uh, I trimmed down massively, you know, our our living lifestyle, and and really were just in in survival mode for us. And then all the jobs that I was working and and, and contracts and stuff that I would get would go straight to paying other people. And then I would put a portion aside and that would go to construction. So I hired a contractor and I said, look, you know, please cancel all your other jobs. I will hire you for the whole year. I need you to help me build out these other stays because I've realized now the more, the more units I put, the more people book. And so, you know, I, I work out all of the financials and everything like that. And it's like, okay, we need 12 units in order to break even you know, so the ranch can run itself. So we start, we start building. And so I'm working, you know, I, I'm doing, I'm doing night jobs. I'm doing day jobs. I'm doing, you know, multiple jobs at the same time or doing whatever. And every I, dollar was just reinvested too. Every dollar's getting, getting reinvested. Wow. Um, and it was a joy. It wasn't like, woe is me or anything like that, because there was such a vision and purpose of, of what we're going to do. The hard part was constantly selling it to my family. My wife's like, you know, I feel like we live at a train station. I'm like, thank God for trains. <laughs> You're like, yeah, isn't that cool? <laughs> this is amazing. I was like, do you have any idea what a privilege it is that that these people can choose to stay anywhere and they choose to stay with us? Like, this is a celebration. And anyway, she wasn't buying it, uh, but you know, she gave her around and things like that. But we were we really were blessed with, and and and. You know, as, as you were saying, you love hosting. You just meet people and you're just like, there are so many good people in the world. I would say 99.9% .9 of our guests have been amazing. And, the, you know, the 0.01%, it's, 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 you know, it's unavoidable. No one can make them happy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But the majority of people have been, have been amazing. And, you know, we, we really have developed friendships with people who started off just as Airbnb guests. And I mean, that is pretty incredible mm -hmm. to be in an industry where somebody comes as a complete stranger and you truly end up being friends um, is, is pretty amazing. That's so special. Can you share what the property looks like now? So you closed on this or you moved your family there September two years ago. So 2022. So we bought it at April of 2021. Oh, okay. And then okay. we started construction in about May, June of, of that same year. And my sister-in-law wanted to get married here. And I think she was getting married in, I don't know. I can't remember the date now, but we had like a year to build everything. Okay. And so, and so we, I think she was getting married in March of 2022. Okay. And so we built all the houses. We built this, uh, you know, there's this, this barn garage where she wanted to get married. And so we were pushing and there was, there was just mud all the time. Like our bed, I don't know if you've seen uh, the movie Fun with Dick and Jane with Jim Carrey. Yep. Where he tries to get the lawn back and she wakes up and their bed is just full of mud and everything <laughs> like that. I mean, that was, that That's was our house like. all the time. <laughs> and, but we did it. She had her wedding. And so we got all that taken care of. And then once the, the stay started, and, and we had the income obviously coming from the hotel and what we call the cabin. So we had that income coming in that I was just reinvesting all the time. And then we built three casitas and a beach club. 
So my brother has this incredible place in Cabo. Uh, I, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And he has a beach club. And I was like, we need to build a beach club. So <laughs> obviously our beach club doesn't compare to Cabo, but there it is. We've got sand, we've got deck chairs, we've got a jet ski. We've got all of this. And then we built these three casitas and people loved it. And so those booked up. And so we grew a thousand percent year over year. And this year we're looking to grow about five, six hundred percent from from last year. Um, because of the, the new stays we've we've added. So we're about to complete our three glamping geodomes, which will be a lot of fun. And then somebody reached out to me online and said, Do you have anything that's wheelchair accessible? And I was like, you know, we don't. And this lady was so nice about it that we've actually become friends with, with her and her husband. And she was so nice about it that I was like, you know what? We're going to build something just for them. And so we have just completed what we call Casita XL. It's got a ramp. It's got ADA bathroom. It's got all of this stuff. And they're going to stay in it this Friday for the first time. Wow. So, so from a Facebook conversation, they are actually going to be our guests this Friday. Experience it. They will be the very first guest staying in there. And that's just how it's gone. You know, just relationship has led. And then we built the, the, I built my daughter a tree house in the beginning, almost as like a bribe, like <laughs> give dad, he really loves you. He's trying his best so I to this tree house and, and she loved it. And she used it as a lodge student and all of that. And then a little while ago, she said to me, dad, I'm done with the tree house. And I was like, this was your special plan. You know, I was a little bit hurt. And she said, dad, in the beginning, I was really mad at you and I wanted to be far away from you. And she said, now I'm really happy and, mm -hmm. I, and I love my room. And so we turned that treehouse into a stay. And so now that can be, that can be booked as well. And oh, cool. yeah, so it's, it's, it's just, like I said, you know, it, 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 there was some plan, but most of it was just, you know, we were making it up mm -hmm. as, as we went. And, and finances was always tight. Mm -hmm. I mean, every month finances has been so tight and, and yet we've made it and we, and we've made it. And, and a huge help has been when we started offering direct bookings okay. instead of Airbnb, VRBO, whatever, because direct bookings, I could get the money now versus only getting it when the stay is. Sure. So then it's been huge in helping with construction because I get all this money now to be able to finish projects. So by, by the time they come. I've got the next lot of money, you know, to, to, to float experiences. How has it been managing construction while you have guests on the property now? Is it annoying in the way? Are you doing anything to set expectations with guests so they know that there might be construction while they're there? It's, it's a very, it's a very good question. We haven't, we haven't alerted any guests that we have construction. I think because of our, our Instagram it's been, that's been like our, our billboard. Okay. Like rebuilding the cafe. We're doing this, we're doing that. So I would say 90% of guests who come already know that we are building stuff. So they're not like, oh, what's going on there? But we all, we try to be as considerate as possible. And so we, we, you know, we'll work in times when, when they, uh, when it's not going to bother them. And we'll make sure that we stop at five. So they've got a nice peaceful evening. They don't have hammers mm -hmm. banging into the night. Those kind of things always try to keep things clean, but they also understand we're trying to finish as fast as we can. 
so that they can enjoy this enjoy this place. So with your direct booking, you're getting most of your bookings now through Instagram onto the direct booking site. Yeah, I would say we we're, we're about 50-50. Okay. So 50 through, you know, Airbnb, VOBO, all of that, and then 50% direct booking, yes. And Instagram has been has been huge for us. And on your direct booking site, what is kind of the setup that you have there? Because you have so many different types of structures. So like based on how many people are coming, does it filter like the treehouse is probably too small for you or the geodomes are too small? Like how how are you helping guide guests like through what's the right accommodation for them? Yeah. So, so the system we have, they type in how many guests they have and then it will show them this unit or that unit. We do have a unit though that is like a catch-all. So so we can sleep 57 people if you book the entire ranch. Okay. So if somebody puts in 16, we obviously don't have a unit that can handle 16. So it's going to show them, you know, the entire ranch and at least give us the opportunity to start a conversation. So do you do anything like, because it sounds like you guys do weddings and events and entire ranch buyouts. How are you managing the availability on that? Because if you have just the treehouse booked six months in advance, now you can't offer that entire buyout option anymore, right? So how are you managing the different timelines of like calendar availability being open in advance? Yeah, you're right. And, and we may not be doing that the best way, but we only offer weekends for weddings that are, that are totally open. So yes, if somebody has booked the treehouse six months in advance, they can't do that. But for, for the most part, people aren't booking that far ahead unless it's a, a busy weekend that we're going to book up entirely anyway. Okay. So then it's not a, a worry because it's the same money that we would have made, you know, for a wedding. Sure. In, in, in any case. So, okay. yeah. That makes sense. I'd love to ask, how has your the demographic of your guests changed or your guest avatar? It sounds like you started with older ladies who are coming to antique. <laughs> And now you've turned your portfolio into its own destination, right? With the jet ski, with the beach club, with the ranch, with the restaurant and the cafe. I feel like I'm just assuming I could be totally wrong. Your avatar has probably changed quite a bit that now you are your own destination and antiquing is like a second secondary market, secondary reason for people to travel here. Am I correct in that assumption? And how, you know, how has it been navigating that? Yeah. So antiquing is still a big deal because it's those those ladies, which we are so grateful to, they bring their families back. Okay. And so they're still the catalyst that post about us and everything like that. I would say they're still our biggest business driver. And, and actually, it's been grandmas that have been our number one customer when it comes to family reunions. It seems like it's, it's the granny that's like, we need to get the family together and I'm going to make this happen. So I love she, that. You know, start up to the grannies. But so, yes, that has changed, but it has, I think it's been a direct a correlation to, to the, because it's mainly moms and stuff like that that are coming out for the antique and they've all got kids and they've all got friends. And that has, you know, so even the location of this property was, was just the barn that we write here by this, this, you know, this, this round top, not even realizing it because I didn't even know what that was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious too, like what have the design decisions been? It seems like everything was just kind of an accident, right? Like the 
the wheelchair accessible unit was just because someone reached out. The treehouse is because your daughter got bored of it. I know that with your tech background, you definitely have had some strategy, right? So where has the strategy come into play? Did you ever want to just really like follow your own compass or North Star when it came to designing units? Or did you ever look at the competition and see like what kind of marketing or other people doing? I'm, I don't know. I'm just curious because you never went into this like you know, with a plan to be a massive Airbnb short-term rental owner, right? So yeah, how did that like, what was your internal dialogue with each decision? You know, we could never have done this if we didn't have a, a disaster building our dream home. And I'll tell you that, that story quickly, but uh, my wife and I and, and the kids have, have lived in a two-bedroom apartment almost our entire existence in, in the US. So my kids shared a room and uh, uh, we were very happy. You know, we were living in six, 700 square feet and, and life was good. So when we built our dream home, this was it. And what ended up happening is that the contractor ended up stealing about $250,000. No. Yeah. It, we were one of those stories, you know, one of many. Everybody's got a friend who, who got, you know, we were one of those. The house sat as just a frame for about a year. Were you ever uh, able to take him to court or anything? No, when you start to look into that stuff, that's why they get away with all of these things because they just change their name. They just close their business. I mean, it is like as, as the, the, the consumer, you've got almost no recourse. Uh, but out of that tragedy, uh, if that did not happen, we could not have done what we have done here on the road. So I look back on that as a massive blessing. Because my wife and I had to learn all the ins and outs of constructions. We had to, we had to learn a, a, about the water pipes and we had to learn about this. And, and so because I had to start working with subs without a GC to finish that house. And if we didn't do that, we, could, we, we couldn't have done this. So when we built uh, like this, this house here and uh, my mom's house and, and that we, we had a designer that we had hired and we had a contract and they, and they built all that out. But then when we did all the new stuff, the casitas, uh, the casita XL, the treehouse, you know, all these other things, uh, the cafe that we're busy building, that's going to be called Flow, which we are very excited about. So I've designed all of that. So I designed just on paper and I've got a, a contractor that I work with who I can just give him scrap drawings like, and he builds it. And so him and I work together so well. Uh, we have built all our units just from standard stuff from from Home Depot. So I I didn't look at the, the 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 competition, but we did build according to what we felt when you would walk into a place and go like, ah, this is nice. Mm -hmm. Which I know you're not supposed to do. You're supposed to build to your your customers' tastes. We built to our own tastes, but we've been very lucky that our customers liked our tastes, and so. You know, that's how we went. We went very simple. Um, uh, you know, we, we, we built it to be nice, but not over the top and, you know, just wasted extravagance. It's, it's, we think it looks really good and people feel comfortable and loved. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, there are better stays than at Milk and Honey, right? There are more elaborate houses. There are, of course, there are, right? There's million dollar homes and, and things like that that you can stay at. But, what we provide is that that experience of people just feeling like so loved and 
full of joy and celebrated when they come here and the animals and all of that. So that's a big part of what we offer. One thing I am absolutely craving for 2024 is simplicity, but we all know that the setup process for a new short-term rental is anything but simple. That is why I'm so excited to tell you about HostGPO. By shopping with HostGPO, you can save up to 75% on furniture, decor, linens, amenities, and supplies, and they only work with a few select brands that are tried and tested to stand up to the wear and tear of guests. With HostGPO, there is no overwhelm of comparing hundreds of brands, variations, and product reviews. You just shop for what you need and rest assured that you are getting the best quality at the best price. Over 300,000 properties are already purchasing through HostGPO, and as the pool of customers grows, so do the discounts that HostGPO can negotiate for us hosts. By signing up through my link in the show notes below, you'll get an exclusive three months of free access to start shopping on HostGPO today. Thank you so much to HostGPO for sponsoring the show and for making it so simple to set up and restock our STRs. I, I love that answer. And I think that we can get way too into the weeds with like running air DNA numbers and everything and comparing what the competition's pricing and what they're doing. But I think you're right. Like if you're if your North Star is just designing places that you would want to stay at yourself, you can't go wrong. I really love your answer. Brent, I have to ask, I no, we were supposed to have this interview two weeks ago. And the day before we were set to record, your uh, assistant Monica reached out to me and said that your wife was in a nearly fatal car accident and had to be airlifted to the hospital. I've been watching your Instagram stories religiously waiting for every update since then. And I know she has a long recovery ahead, but she looks like she's doing incredibly. I can't believe it's only been two weeks since this happened. What is the current plan for you guys with her recovery? Are you having to slow down construction? What is life like on the ranch in the last two weeks? Yeah, sure. She's a miracle. And, uh, you know, what I was saying with how, how, how guests become friends, the number of Airbnb guests that reach out to us to say that they're praying or, I mean, future guests that we hadn't even met yet were writing messages of encouragement and stuff like that. I mean, it's just like, that's what makes us a privilege. It, it makes it a, a, a true privilege. But yes, my wife, uh, you know, two weeks ago, Monday, I was down at the beach club when I got the call and I thought it was a scam. And uh, they said she was, you know, she's, she's, you know, critical and she's been, you know, airlifted uh, to the hospital and, and I need to come right away. And it's about a five minute walk from the beach club to this house. And, you know, I didn't run. I didn't scream. I just, I just, I just had to be, I had to be calm because even if I get there an hour early, I mean, what am I going to do? Right? It, it, it was only the mercy of God uh, that I could rely on. And so I took a, a, a you know, a, a, a slow walk and, and, and just prayed and, and, you know, presented the information and all of that to, to them. And I was always positive. I've always been positive in my posts, in my communication to the kids. I never let them panic. That's why I joke, you know, even like the post I made today about the shopping part of her brain. It's perfect. She like, <laughs> she's shopping. She can't remember that we were, we were married and she can't remember how to read. And, you know, she's still like bleeding on the brain and that, that lady knows how to shop. 
<laughs> that part stayed intact. It stayed intact. It's a miracle. Uh, so I would I would lead all the design for the building, and then she would do all the, you know, like what tile and this and that, all the interior uh, decisions and making it just feel warm and lovely. And so we, you know, with these new units that we are, are finishing, you know, we're missing that. Uh, we're missing that uh, uh, touch from her. And, and so, I mean, we have been on such a hard path pushing so that we can get to profitability and, and relieve some of that that stress. And everything was going to be done the first week of January. And our, our cafe was going to be launched in March. And and I just tell you right now, our, our, our deadlines are... Out the window. <laughs> they are out the window. Did people already book? Like, were there upcoming reservations for these structures what have you yeah, yeah. we have you know because we put them on early and yeah. people know that you know we, we call, and so far we'd hit all our deadlines and uh, you know so we'll have to move them to other units and and you know explain the situation and that and and people are very gracious uh, but it is amazing uh, you know as i sat there next to her in the hospital and and stuff like that and, and not that i've ever not valued my wife you know i learned that lesson long ago so it's not like oh you so much more important than the ranch and everything like that but Without my wife on this ranch, it, 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 it is, it's very meaningless. Like, like most of the fun that I have is doing this with her because I've never been able to work with her because I'm, I'm in software engineering and, you know, she's a physical therapist. Those two worlds just don't really meet. But, you know, doing this business together, like I could work with my wife and that to me was like, this is the best day of my life. And she's like, yeah, I, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> is she prior to the accident was she still cooking for the guests you said that was something no I mean, that's been outsourced yeah no no she's still doing it oh she's, she's still, still doing does. it i don't know for sure oh, for sure we've been able to hire some like housekeepers and stuff like that but like the cooking uh you know it's myself it's our ranch manager it's it's my wife it's still a it's still a you know it's still a team uh, thing because we, we're still not profitable right we, mm -hmm. we we're growing like crazy but we're putting that all in to finish our 12 units. Mm -hmm. Once those are booking up, you know, we'll be great. But we, 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 we're going to miss our deadlines. We're going to miss my projection on all of these things, but it's okay. Because at the end of the day, my, my wife is going to recover and our story is still going to go on. It's just going to look a little different to how I planned. And just like when we lost all that money, I had seen a path one way. And the new path that we're on, I think, is far better than the, than the one we were, what I thought. And that's what I believe about this. There's going to be, if we ever talk again, you know, I'll be able to tell you, yes, this is what we thought and this is how it's happened and, you know, this is our, our new path. Uh, but I still know it's going to be good. And, yeah, I don't know what it's going to be yet. You know, we're, still, we're walking this out, uh, but, but I know it's going to be good. I just admire your like resiliency so much. So many people after the first setback with the contractor, the 250,000 years ago, they would never touch new construction again after that. People would be so beaten down and jaded. And then you bought a ranch and then you lost 90% of your stock options, another just complete beatdown. And you bounced back from that. And now this, and I just have no doubt that you guys are going to come out of this stronger. Your pattern has shown that you bounce back stronger every single time. 
how is your wife doing right now? Is she, no, the shopping is still good. She remembers she needs to shop, but how overall is her, I know it's only been a couple weeks, but she looks like she's just, considering the condition she went to the hospital with, it was, you didn't know she'd make it through the first night. Yeah, I mean, honestly, she, she's she's a miracle. We When we were in RCU, we got to meet other families, right? Which is, I mean, it's a very tough environment because nobody's there for happy reasons. Yeah. Everybody's heart is broken. Everybody's, you know, if you hit RCU, you're probably fighting for your life. And the first the first day, they weren't sure she was going to live through the night. Then they thought she was going to be like a vegetable. Then they thought she was going to be crippled and blind. So this is the progression of, of things that we're working through. So, so like each day, it was just like devastating news, devastating news. But if you were reading my Facebook post, you'd never know that because I, I put something positive. You out. were so positive every single day. I just, I didn't even know how to, I think I felt like I was like more beaten down. I've never even met your wife. I was yeah. taking it harder. You were just like, it's good. She's good. We've got this. Yeah. It was incredible and, to watch. You know, because I just, I just, what benefit would there be? To me, just being negative and, and, you know, I do believe hope is a real thing. Yeah. And, and it's like, you know, in the concentration camps, the people who survived the concentration camp versus the people who did it, like the difference was hope. Like that one thing, hoping that they would, versus the people who gave up hope. So hope is a, it's a really real thing. Mm-hmm. And whether we have to delay construction or whether we have to change our plans or whatever it is, hope is so, so important. So she has made incredible recovery. She still has uh, a swelling on the brain, which is keeping her eye closed. She te- she still texts me crazy stuff. You know, she thinks she's making sense, but it's like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> but this, you're doing great. But considering where she should have been, you know, people that we met in the RCU in similar situations had been there 60 days. You know, we were in the RCU like five days. Is she back home now? Uh, so she's in Austin uh, in rehab. So so okay. she came home, saw the ranch. I mean, that was, she got to see the ranch for the first time again. Mm-hmm. Right? So she saw, she built it with me and now she got to just see it because she, she had forgotten all about the ranch. She didn't know about our animals. She oh didn't gosh. know about, you know, any of those things. And so now she was like, this place is crazy, she said to me. Like, we built this? I can't imagine just the rush of emotions and, wow. Yeah, so she got, to, she got to go through the pain of building it and then got to go through the joy of seeing it all complete, which is, which is pretty unique. Uh, so she's in Austin for rehab and she's going to be there for two weeks. And then they're saying nine months in Houston. Uh, you know, and then in itself, can if, if I dwell on that, yeah, I get stressed and worried. And what about the kids? And how am I going to get her there in nine months of our life? Like I'll cross that bridge when it comes to it, and and, and not ruin today worrying about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. When we get to tomorrow, let's figure out you know what we're going to do then. And uh, yeah, yeah, you know, with with the finances, we were so tight coming into this next year to finish, and then this thing happened, and the hospitals like. We need you to pay twelve thousand five hundred right now before we can even do anything. And I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> right? And then you've got this expense and that expense, and and her her, her rehab. And they said it's two thousand dollars a day. I mean, who can pay two thousand dollars a day? 
And I tell you, we have just had not only miracles with her, we've had miracles in provision and somebody stepped up and said, I'll take care of two weeks of yeah. I mean, it just leaves you speechless. Yeah. It just, yeah. it just uh, so that's what I'm saying. It's yes, problems happen and yes, we go through terrible things, but there are also beautiful things waiting to be uncovered at the same time. I know that Monica had made a GoFundMe for you guys. Is that still active? I would love to link that in the show notes if if that's still that fundraiser is happening. It is. It, it, okay. it, it is still. Um, it is okay. still. Active. Yeah. Okay, we'll link that here. I know that you know the next nine months have a lot of question marks for you guys and how she's going to be doing. That aside, how does this? change plans for the ranch i know that you know deadlines are out the window but eventually when we know she's back to 100 percent, are you done with the 12 units or do you guys want to keep on growing it by 500 600 a year at some point you got to stop reinvesting and you got to reap the rewards of what yes. you've done <laughs> yeah no there's no plans beyond the 12 units you know the the 12 is is we don't have to make a killing from the ranch the ranch just needs to pay for itself mm-hmm and uh, so I'm not looking for this to be like, you know, this massive money spinner. It just needs to take care of, uh, you know, our daily lives. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, that's it for us. And anything else we build will just be beautification, little fountains or, you know, little fun things for the guests or whatever it might be. I think the finish line is in sight for you, even if it's pushed back a little bit, but it must feel so nice after all the times you've been beaten down in your journey. Um, I think that within a year, you guys are going to just be chilling and enjoying everything that you've created, which must be such a surreal feeling. And thank God you will still have your wife by your side to enjoy all of that. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. I think, I honestly think if, if my wife had not made it, I don't think I would have. I, what I would, would have, be the point? Yeah. I would have kept the rage because this is an adventure and you want to, you know, I, I need a, she, she's my partner for adventure. So we would, we would be on a different path. I don't know what that path would be, but I don't think it would be here. I know after people hear this episode, you guys will have a whole new audience praying for you every single day. And please, you guys, if you have it in your heart and wallet right now, go support the GoFundMe. I think Brent and his wife absolutely deserve any support we can give them. Thank you so much for sharing your whole story. And please go give a follow to Milk and Honey Ranch on Instagram. Is there any other ways people can connect with you or support you right now? I mean, the other biggest thing is just awareness for the ranch. You know, if people want to come check it out, want to come stay here, you know, whatever it is, that's that's always a, a huge blessing to get to meet new people and, and obviously rent out the units. We'll put the direct booking site for your rentals here as well. Oh, thank you. And uh, I mean, even even you asking to, you know, for me to come on your podcast is so kind. You know, I really appreciate it. It's just, it's crazy how things work out. I had, I've been following you guys, I don't even know for how long. And I think it was literally a week before the accident. I was like, he'd be a great guest. I don't know why I haven't reached out yet. We scheduled it and everything. And the night before we were supposed to record is when Monica reached out and told me. And I honestly thought, I'll, I'm never going to interview him. Like he's got way bigger things on his plate, but you rescheduled within just a couple of weeks, which I greatly appreciate. And yeah, I, I'm just so glad I got to talk to you. And this is one of my favorite episodes, honestly, that I've ever done. So thank, thank you. you for being such a great storyteller. This story was so needed to be shared. Thank you. And you, the first podcast I've ever done. So thank you. 
Thank you so much for everything, Brent. And we'll talk soon. Okay. Before we wrap up today's episode, I know that this is usually where you expect me to come in with an Am I the Airbnb Hole segment, and I am foregoing that this week. It doesn't feel appropriate to rag on a guest or a host or a cleaner or Airbnb when we've just heard all the things that Brent has been through and how he's bounced back every single time. Don't get me wrong. I love this segment. I think it's a fun little way to vent week after week, but It just seems so petty to complain about the little minor things that we deal with sometimes as hosts when we've seen the journey that Brent and his wife have been through, especially right now. So in lieu of an Am I the Airbnb hole, this is just a final call to action to please help support Brent and his wife, Daniela, right now. As I mentioned earlier, you can find the GoFundMe to support his wife and her ongoing therapy needs in the show notes below. I'm also going to link their direct booking website if you would like to book a stay at their property. It is so stunning. Please go check it out on Instagram. And at the very least, if you cannot support financially right now, go just give them a follow and go like some of their posts and engage and comment with them. Share about their property and repost it so that some other people can book. Clearly, I think it's, I don't need to say how deserving this couple is of our support as hosts right now. And just everything they've been through, they've worked so hard. You will see that if you go spend two minutes on their Instagram and see all the love that they've poured into this property. And to have this setback with his wife's accident, I have no doubt that they'll come through it. But I also know that we can make things a lot easier for them. So that's how I'd like to finish off today's episode and go show them some love. Thank you guys so much. See you back here next week. And with that, it is now checkout time. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you back here next week. Lastly, as Airbnb hosts, we all can appreciate a good five-star review. So you already know a great review on this podcast would mean so much to me. Please subscribe, review, share, and connect with me in the show notes below. Bye!